Uh, you're listening to Subversity here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. The opinions expressed on the show are not necessarily those of the regents of University of California nor the management of KUCI. Uh, today we're going to be remembering the life and times of uh, Dolores Newman, a freelance photographer who passed away earlier this month. Uh, and with us on the show are two of her friends, uh, Janet Coe and Amanda Spake. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, how did you uh, each uh, get to know uh, Dolores? Um, maybe, um, uh, D- D- uh, Amanda, you have to leave uh, yeah, soon. So do. Let me, yeah, that, that would be great. Um, if I could just say a few things, and uh, just because... I'm on the East Coast, and unfortunately, <laughs> we don't have as much. I don't have as much time left today. But um, basically, I I was um, you know a very close friend of Dolores's, as was Janet. I know for 30 years, and um, I met Dolores actually um, when I was working at Mother Jones. She was um, uh, in a group house, living in a group house with uh, one of the other people who worked at Mother Jones circulation manager, and um, um, I met her through him, and it turned out she was a photographer, and we both were interested in many of the same kinds of things, Um, politics, um, people, of course. She knew a great deal about film, which I didn't, and I was lucky to learn things from her, and um, we became you know, good friends. And the first story we worked on together was a story um, about uh, a film that she had done the still photography on called Northern Lights about the some of the progressive farm movements that took place in the early 1900s in um, North Dakota and throughout the Plains states. And what was so unusual, in addition to it being just a, a really really good film is that they were opening this film in a place called Crosby, North Dakota. And this is one of the biggest things that ever happened in Crosby. Uh-huh. So we traveled, um, you know, there just for the opening. And I wrote a, a long story, you know, about that progressive farm movement in Crosby and Crosby's reaction to the film. And um, she did the, fo- the photos. And it was wonderful. So really, hello. Yeah. Hello? Hi. This is Rob. Hi. Sorry, I, okay. I didn't know what that was. And oh. so really, our our um, my my knowledge okay. of her and my friendship with her just really continued to grow from there through our time in San Francisco and then in Washington D.C. And uh, somebody's uh, phone is ringing. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rob is on. Rob Epstein of. Uh, oh, good. Well, Rob is a, another very good friend of hers. So, um, you know, I guess that that I would say that was really the beginning of, um, you know, me getting to know her really well and also just working together with her. And uh, do you have questions or can I answer? I didn't work with her on films because I am basically a print journalist. But whenever well, that I was when get her involved, yeah. I did. Uh, we're talking to Amanda Spake, and with us online is also... Uh, Janet Coe, a producer that uh, worked with um, Dolores, and also Rob Epstein, a director who also worked with Dolores. Uh, Amanda, you're a graduate of UC Irvine, 
And uh, this is when uh, this is when uh, Dolores was living in San Francisco, right? Um, well, I had already graduated from Irvine. Yeah, yeah. But uh, was you were talking about Mother Jones, and was this when yeah, she was, was living? Yeah, that was when we were both living in San Francisco in the early '80s, right, Amanda? Um, it would have been the late '70s. And when was the so the next uh, big film that she worked on was uh, Harvey Milk film? I think so. Yeah. How how did she get involved in that, Rob? Well, I met Dolores through Peter Adair, a uh, filmmaker friend of all of ours, and I had this uh, very uh, preliminary idea to do a film about the anti-gay initiative that was uh, being put forth statewide in California in, in 1977 called Proposition 6, the Briggs Initiative, which was a drive to prevent gay people or supporters of gay people from working in the public school systems. So this was really the kind of first uh, opening salvo in the the reaction to, to the gay movement of the late 70s. And I was doing research on the, pro- on the project, and Dolores was helping me by doing photo documentation. I was doing pre-interviews and just meeting people who were involved in that. And one of the key people in in heading up that fight was Harvey Milk. So we spent some time just following Harvey Harvey Milk as he was debating Briggs uh, up and down the state. And then the focus of the film became Harvey Milk. And Dolores did some wonderful photography of him uh, and one of one of her shots is the kind of iconic photo of Harvey that is on the poster for the film and, and the DVD. Oh wow, yeah. Is he giving a speech? He's giving a speech which was actually yeah, I think I recall uh, that. a speech he was giving at one of the one of those rallies. So if you if she was still uh, alive and doing photography, she probably would be out there taking pictures of all the gay weddings going on in California this week. If if oh, she was no out doubt. here, <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. She actually, uh, well, she took she took the photos of I I was married uh, back in gosh ninety one, and Dolores oh, wow. was the wedding photographer, so she was always ahead of her time. For sure. She was vivacious and uh, really a free spirit, wasn't she? Oh, absolutely. I mean, she was, she was, uh, you know, incredibly funny. I mean, she, you know, had a wonderful sense of humor. And um, she was, as Rob says, she was always very much ahead of her time. I know she was very instrumental in uh, trying to get small uh, independent films and their directors into theaters uh, I think I did help her with uh, Soldier Girls, even, and uh, and also uh, she introduced me to uh, when John Waters was in Washington to show one of the films with the smelly, um, uh, G- uh, smelly, uh, what do you call it, um, 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 the shoes, um, tennis shoes, that one. Right. Yeah, the, she uh, she picked up some of the cast from in the Volkswagen. I think maybe Lou did her husband, and. Uh, you know, took them to the theater. So I got uh, happened to be there in Washington at the time. Well, she had a whole um, a whole career for a number of years. This is Janet Cole speaking. Yes. Um, <clears throat> we met also through Peter Adair. We actually met a, met at a poker game 
um, at Peter's apartment in San Francisco sometime all around the same time, late 70s, 70, 77, 78, and we were, we were um, paired up by the makers uh, or the distributors of a film called The War at Home, right, which was I about the anti-war movement um, in Madison, Wisconsin, and we were hired um, and put together to promote The War at Home in San Francisco. Um, and it was one of the one of the early documentaries that that got started to get played in um, a small theater chain called the Surf Theater Chain. It was out at the Surf, um, mm. and we were uh, our job was to get people to go to the theater. And in those days, there were not a lot of um, theaters willing to play documentaries, nor were there a lot of audiences for them. So. Um, Dolores had... Right, this was pre-Michael Moore. This was <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Michael Moore may have been in diapers. I don't know. What, what, <laughs> what do you think? In any event, um, we... Um, Dolores had really kind of pioneered this work, and there were just a handful of us um, around the country who were doing this kind of thing and using kind of 60s organizing techniques as well as... Um, as much free publicity as we could get to go around to groups and say, hey, we've got a film that you could use to fundraise for your organization. How about if we sell you tickets at $3 and you can resell them at $6 and, and bring your supporters or would-be supporters into the theaters? So this was pre-internet, so how did... You didn't have email, right? Or did oh, we? heavens no. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> Seems like we always had email. Didn't uh, even have fax machines. We didn't uh, yeah. even have fax machines, that's right. Huh. So Everything was about flyers. I mean, yeah, stenciled flyers. Yeah. Duplication on, on, remember those old mimeograph machines? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wind the thing, I mean. But also the phone. I mean, Dolores was an incredible, uh, not only a persuasive conversationalist, but just a constant conversationalist. And, um, you know, when she was well, she was constantly on the phone. And she did everything uh, and I, as far as organizing on the phone. Well, sure, sure. We never really used email. Uh, we didn't really have email <laughs> then, yeah. No, we even didn't, now, but yeah. she never really liked email. She yeah, always yeah. used the phone, even until the day she died. She used the phone. Did she write letters at that time? Or probably no to, time to write. To, to uh, you mean to get people to come to the theater? Yeah. Yes, there was. Oh, you know, sure. there were always press releases and flyers, yeah. and um, and we would you know send that kind of thing out or deliver flyers en masse, you know, you would mm -hmm. have your car full of leaflets and flyers and posters and um, all that sort of stuff. But and you know, did a she, great job. The War at Home was a very successful movie. Relatively speaking. Relatively, relatively speaking. speaking. And we, you know, a few years later we worked together on um, Soldier Girls, mm. um, opening that in New York at the New York Film Festival and then representing it um, in various places around the country. I actually had a, an email from, um, I don't know if you were going to read this later, um, Dan, but the, Dolores was um, instrumental in the, in the founding and the beginning days of the Jewish Film Festival. Right. right. Um, and um, Deborah Kaufman, who was the founder um, and director of the Jewish Film Festivals that began in 1981, wrote after Dolores died and said, that Dolores was actively involved as a PR and outreach advocate during the first year when I founded and directed the Jewish Film Festival in 1981 in L.A., San Francisco, New York, and in 1982 in Washington at the Kennedy Center. 
We were introduced through friends. I had heard of her and admired the work she had done to promote what was then, then beginning to be known as quote-unquote independent film, if I recall co correctly, The War at Home, Northern Lights, and others. She immediately recognized that the films at our little festival were worthy of stories in the major press and not only began to create a media list for us, of course, in the days before email and Internet, but as importantly, she trained me to do PR myself. I would say she was a major influence on me at the time. Her basic strategy did not include selling snake oil, hype, uh -huh. or spin, just genuine enthusiasm backed up by knowledge that the films and people we were representing were original, special, and important new voices in an increasingly homogenized world. Her basic MO was be yourself. In a world where PR people mostly seemed to come from a cookie-cutter mold, she was utterly unique, if a bit idiosyncratic, and encouraged me to always interpret the festival films to the public in a personal way and, and damn the narrowness of the market. I think she believed the narrowness and constraints of the market, at that time it was the Reagan era, were there to be chipped away at, broken down, and liberated for hungry audiences who she treated not as focus group consumers, but as thinking, feeling citizens. Mostly she taught me that spreading the news about independent film could and should be fun, that seeing the world through the lens of alternative film was transformative and liberating, and that the world could be made better if enough people worked hard to make it so. Dolores was a generous and free spirit, and we're going to miss her. That's from Deborah Kaufman. That's from Deborah Kaufman, the founder and um, original director for many, many years of, of the Jewish Film Festival. How did um, Dolores get to be so open-minded about different sexualities, especially, uh, especially in terms of gay liberation? Uh, how, how do you think she came to that uh, position? I think, I think she came from another in, planet like innate, the rest of us. It was just innate <laughs> to her disposition. And, you know, I have to say, back, back then, when I was just dealing with my own coming out fairly recently, um, I probably didn't have that many straight friends at that point in my life, and Dolores was much older than I was then. There was a very big age, age gap, but, I, but she always made me feel like a peer of hers, you know, that we were just good buddies. There was never any kind of condescension whatsoever, but at the same time, she was such a mentor. You know, I was, I was learning so much from her. She came out of the yeah. women's liberation movement also. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I remember her saying many, many times that she really just thought it was uh, chance who you would meet and fall in love with. And she always thought that, you know, for herself it could have gone any, any way. And the way it went was she met and fell in love with Lou Wolf, who was her, you know, the love of her life for, was it 29 years? Yeah. Yeah, I remember going. Yeah, I met them in the late seventies. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. And uh, right Lou, Lou, of course, uh, Lou's been on the show a lot and uh, talking about surveillance. And he founded, uh, co-founded Covert Action Information Bulletin, which became Covert Action Quarterly. And Dolores, of course, took photographs for many, many years um, for the magazine, and um, was was deeply attuned and involved with um, with political life across the, the spectrum
spectrum in the world. I mean, she was had the paper read before most people were were awake and <laughs> had her commentary running from the crack of dawn probably with Amanda. Right, Amanda? Well, not the crack of dawn for me because I don't get up early, but she <laughs> called me every day <clears throat> to tell me everything that was in the paper, both papers, <laughs> the Times and the Post. And then she called me every evening to tell me anything that was on the news. She always knew everything I was working on and would make sure that I knew that, you know, Oprah was covering hormone replacement therapy or uh, there was a big piece in the New York Times about antibiotic resistance or whatever I was working on a big story on at that point. She would call several times a day to let me know about all the news and then, of course, you know, to just talk. <clears throat> so, um, and I think she did that with a lot of people. Do you know what's going to happen to an archive of photo photography? Um, I don't know totally, but I know that a, a good close friend of Dolores's and, and mine, Molly Roberts, is um, who is a photographer herself and a photo editor, she works for the Smithsonian, is um, going through, right now, initially going through <clears throat> the photos um, in part to just get photos put together, some number, we don't know how many yet, for her Dolores' memorial service when that occurs. After that, it's not totally clear. I mean, I think that Dolores' daughter, Emma, would like to be involved. I'm not quite sure how. I don't think they've decided on that yet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But if there's anybody that, you know, was a good friend of Dolores' that I think really does know how to deal with it, it's going to be Molly because she's, uh, she's just done this kind of work for a really long time. So I'm, I'm, I think that's not clear yet, but I know that there is definitely a sense that um, people would like to see something done with that. I mean, people are talking about things like books and, yeah. and that, but, you know, that that's all got not there yet, you know? It, did she mostly take black and whites? She took both black and white mm. in color, and more recently, of course, she did a lot of digital but she has tens of thousands of images. I mean, she has an yeah. archive that is um, is 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 needs needs to be preserved and will be preserved. And at this point, I think there's just a lot of um, you know we'll we're waiting for the dust to settle, right. and we'll all you know <clears throat> convene and and figure it out, and it will happen. Molly is very aware of the. Uh, she said that there's a great many publishers right now who are very interested in archival images. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so she's right now sort of surveying what's there. She said, I talked to her recently, and she said Dolores's um, photos and negatives were really well organized, so that's really good. Mm, that's good. I, rem I treasure one picture I treasure is one she took of me and Lou uh, just smiling and bo when we were both quite young. Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, black and white that I have on my uh, mantelpiece, actually. Well, that's nice. That's good. So in, in library world, I'm a librarian, um, there's actually lots of projects to digitize images and uh, preserve that in that way, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, you know, she took photos of almost every demonstration that came to Washington. For sure. Um, and all different sides of that demonstration. I mean, if there was a... Um, 
an anti-abortion rally. She took pictures of everybody, both the anti-abortion people and the pro-choice people. So she has a great many uh, historical images. So I think, um, yeah, I'm not sure what's going to happen yet, but I think, it, as Janet says, that it will be preserved for sure. How about for the films, the pictures that she took for these uh, films? Um, yeah. You, uh, the directors have them, right? And or how do, Well, she'll do? have negatives. Oh, and she I would mean, have. Molly yeah. has already been finding some of those, yeah. For sure. So what do you think her legacy is? Oh, man. Well, first of all, I think the, the legacy, um, you know, in part, as we've been just discussing... Um, being uh, such a proponent of both independent film before it was even called independent film and um, uh, a, a historian and archivist for a lot of uh, social justice, social change movements. Documentarian, um, yeah. Pretty much most of them. And um, that was as Rob says, brought about by her, her innate openness. And, um, and, and, you know, somebody wrote in the guest book, Tony Stafford, who she worked with on the Jewish Film Festival and at AFI, that in, in a way <clears throat> Dolores was part of a sort of long, old tradition of, um, you know, going back to the, the, the farm movements and even before that, mm-hmm. the progressive Jewish activists that came to this country. And I, I think you know, that's a large part of it. Social historian, basically, really. A documenting and visual. I think she, I yeah. think so, yeah. Any, any other um, comments? Well, I would just add to her legacy an open-hearted and loving friend. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. And I would say, let's, let's, you know, always just remember her just wicked wit. She just <laughs> yeah. loved to laugh and made people laugh yeah. and just was just the, the liveliest, brightest bulb in the box. And, um, and one was, wacky broad. One wacky broad. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much, uh, you. all of you, uh, all right, for bye. calling in at this short notice. Thank you, thank you Dan. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Dan, for doing this. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So that was um, Friends of Dolores Newman, a freelance photographer who documented the social movements of her times. And uh, in uh, order of uh, being on the show, they were uh, speaking. Amanda Spake, a former editor, uh, managing editor of Mother Jones. Janet Coe, who has been the director of many films, that uh, some of which um, Dolores uh, Newman worked on or uh, helped with promoting, and also Rob Epstein, The Times of Harvey Milk, about the gay supervisor of San Francisco who was shot to de- death uh, in an anti-gay um, kind of outrage by a... Uh, by a, I guess, fireman, uh, kind of a fired fireman, actually, in San Francisco. So this is Dan Zhang with Subversity here. For the first half, we've been listening to a memorial or a um, show that um, celebrated the life, the vivacious 
life of Dolores Newman, who I was privileged to know a little bit uh, when I uh, got involved with Covert Action Information Bulletin, the anti-CIA journal in Washington. This is Dan Sang.